Good morning, Denver, and welcome to the Mile High Mortgage and Real Estate Report, brought to you by Castle & Cook Mortgage, providing nationwide, world-class customer service right here in the Mile High City. I'm Joe Massey. No co-host today. Unfortunately, Catherine couldn't be here this Saturday. She is out enjoying this beautiful weather, but we are here with more than 20 years combined experience in mortgage lending, and we're here to share inside knowledge and experience of the home buying and refinance process. Our guest in the studio this morning is Cassandra France with Your Castle Realty. Cassandra, good morning. Good morning, Joe. Great to be here. I'm so glad you were able to join us on the show today. Excellent. All right. Let's talk a little bit about what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be going over helping your client buy properties right now. This is a great time to buy properties here in Denver. We're going to talk about that. We've got our special guest, Cassandra France. She's been a real estate agent for about a year, but has a little bit more experience beyond that as uh, an expert here in the Denver market. We've got a couple of great open houses this week and a terrific event in Colorado. You're listening to the Mile High Mortgage and Real Estate Report on AM 1690 KDMT, brought to you by Castle & Cook Mortgage. For any questions about purchasing a home, refinancing your mortgage, or any type of real estate finance, feel free to give us a call at 303-809-7769. Again, in the studio this morning, we have Cassandra France with Your Castle Realty. Cassandra, tell our listeners, if anybody wants to get in touch with you to learn about buying a home, selling a home, what is the best phone number we can get in touch with you? Certainly. Number is 720 3949. All right. And as a reminder, Castle & Cook Mortgage and Your Castle Realty are not affiliated entities. Listeners are not required to use either participant to work with the other. So Cassandra, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, your background in real estate. Sure. Um, I had worked with a real estate investment education company. Really got me excited about investing, um, fix and flipping, uh, buying and selling, holding. And uh, when I came out here to Denver, I was really fortunate to interview with Lon Welsh, the owner of Your Castle Real Estate. Uh, worked with him really initially as an executive assistant, but mm-hmm. fortunately we realized we think so much alike. Um, we're da- you know uh, self-professed data nerds and mm-hmm. um, really enjoyed working with him. He's had a um, tenure of following data trends, mm-hmm. and I was able to really learn from him and piggyback off of those and and help build reports and look at trends all over the all up and down the front range. Mm-hmm. Now I've brought a copy of your trends booklet. We might talk a little bit about that, but give us some ideas on just some of the major trends that you guys look at. Price changes. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a price change map, showings. Just touch on a couple of sort of the high level. What are the main trends that you look at? Not not where we're going, but just mm-hmm. the, the stats that you're looking at. Sure. There's a few that we really focus on um, one being days on market Mm -hmm. so that talks about our sellers how long has my house have to be on the market before it goes under contract okay so those have been at um, really historic lows um, right around 20 to 25 days and those averages um, can be anywhere from the average is about 50 um, all the way down to 70 so we're seeing uh, great days on market especially for sellers they are going up a little bit but buyers don't need to be worried about that And another one would be months of inventory. And what that means is if I had all of the real estate right now, how many months at the current rate would it take to sell out? Mm -hmm. And the smaller that number is, the tighter the market is, the harder it is for buyers, uh, better it is for sellers, how it has been. Okay. And um, and then, of course, mortgage rates always figure into everything as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about days on market. We've seen that. I think the lowest it got to last year, and correct me if I'm wrong, was 18, 19, 20 days, depending on certain Mm -hmm. pockets. Is that right? Yeah, certainly. Okay. And now we're seeing it's maybe 26, 28 days, depending on certain pockets of town. Is that about right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a lot of people are saying, oh my gosh, days on market have gone up 33%. Uh, the sky is falling. Do you right. agree with that? Yeah, I, I think it's so funny you say that. Um, my boss, Lon Welsh, always quotes, is it Mark Twain? I forget who it is. Mm-hmm. Lies, um, damn lies and statistics, right? Yep. So we can always 
um, have a crazy number and people get really scared at things like 33%. Um, but again, um, going from days on market from 19 to 25, it means you're just you know twiddling your thumbs for three to four more days as a seller. Yeah. Um, bigger days on market are better for buyers. Right. Um, sellers are getting a little more antsy, even though they don't need to, they're feeling a little more pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, our 40 year average is probably like 50 days on market. And you mm-hmm. really think about that's nearly two months. Um, when your real estate agent really had to work for you, right? They had to market, they had to make calls, they had to do things like that. Um, and then we've even had times in the market where it was 70 days. So mm-hmm. um, we're we're in a great sweet spot. I think buyers can really start to come out. Um, but yeah, 33%, I wouldn't uh, run for the hills with that one. I agree. Yeah, people, oh my gosh, days on market are up 33%. That's not the end of the world. When <laughs> right. you go from 19 days to 24, not 25 days, that's you know an additional three days, five days a week. Mm-hmm. That is not something to be afraid of. That's not a reason to panic. Listeners out there, if you're listing your home and you're like, oh my gosh, it's been on the home, on the market for two weeks and we don't have anything. What's right. going on? Um, that's called a normal market. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about months of inventory. So months of inventory last year, I think, got to a low of 0.9 months, maybe 1.1 months. Where mm-hmm. are we at currently for months of inventory? Um, we're seeing it go up a little bit. Condos are still pretty low. Condos mm-hmm. are going up as well, maybe 1.2 months, 1.6 months. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> homes, uh, so detached single family, are maybe at like 1.7, 1.9. Still insanely low. And if, if you go on, <clears throat> pardon me, the statistics you were going before, before it could, you could say it's gone up 50%. Oh my goodness. Right, right. right. But again, a half a month to a month or a month to two months is so insignificant. Um, but but seeing the trend again is getting buyer, better for buyers, so that's nice. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of folks out there uh, in the media and other you know our competitors and our colleagues that talk about it and say, "Gosh, months of inventory is increasing. The market is going to come to a mm-hmm. screeching halt." Right. No, it's not. It's mm-hmm. actually going to get a little bit more easy for buyers. Mm-hmm. It's going to get a little bit I don't know more normal for sellers. Exactly. You're not going to expect to have. 15 offers on every property, mm-hmm. maybe I'm going to have three. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, appropriate, probably a little bit easier to handle. What's yeah. your experience been like? I know we see the stats, but seeing actual agents, has this been kind of true that we're not seeing dozens of offers on properties anymore? Definitely. Um, so we might not see, we might not even get some the first weekend. And again, mm-hmm. that's completely okay. Mm-hmm. Um, really interesting statistic I saw was that interest in houses actually go up the second week, um, which is just, again, good for sellers to know to not panic that first weekend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we went from what, an average of 10 to 12 offers per house. Now we're at one to three. And I think that's really important for sellers to know um, in that they need to consider each one very carefully. You yeah. know, don't take them for granted. Um, so it's a cool down, but it's not in any way, you know, like you said, a screeching halt. We're not in a negative appreciation in any way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something to talk about as well. Last couple of years, depending on pockets of town, we've seen prices go up 12%, 10%, 8%. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're, you know, not a fortune teller. <laughs> what do you think it's going to be this year? Do you think we're going to see another 12% appreciation this year? Um, definitely not. So I've already seen it slow. Uh, last fall, last Q4 was extremely slow. Mm-hmm. Um, so people really started to get scared. Yeah. But fortunately for us, uh, Q1 of this year has already gotten off to a great start, uh, continuing into spring. It will slow down for summer and fall again, so not to be alarmed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would probably, let's see, our 40-year average is around 6%. The last few years have been double digits, so it's been amazing. Um, this year, I'd probably, if I were to venture four to six, four to eight. Yeah. And I think, again, very normal. Yeah. I think that's appropriate. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think that we're outrunning a bunch of buyers that can buy properties. You know, when you have properties appreciate 12% a year, 
two, three, four, five years in a row, all mm-hmm. of a sudden homes get really, really expensive. Right. I think it's appropriate to have that 4%, that 6%, maybe that 8% growth. Um, and I think that's going to keep homes affordable. Mm-hmm. It's going to keep the market going up for sellers. Yep. Um, but it's not going to completely get outpaced where you are going to get into that uh, speculative territory. Would you agree? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the questions we get a lot and a lot of our listeners ask, are we in a bubble? So look at all these stats. Do you feel like we are in a bubble right now? Great question. Um, I do not think we're in a bubble. I think a, a lot of people just remember the last recession, um, the housing crisis, and I think a lot of people continue to make decisions based off of that. Yeah. And that was a really, really unique time in history based on lending requirements, um, the economy, all kinds of different things that uh, have changed since mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. Um, all of the lending requirements especially. And especially in Denver, our, our um, housing prices are based on supply and demand, which isn't infinitely age-old economic principle of people wanting to be here and supply and demand are just going to continue to um, operate as they always do. More people, uh, more demand, more houses. Um, Fortunately, we're building more as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely don't think we're in a bubble. The market is slowing just like you said it needs to. Mm -hmm. It literally can't afford you know, several years a row and double digit appreciation. Um, but I've got so many people just just waiting for the bubble. They're just sitting there, just twiddling their thumbs. And and like you said, we can't predict the future. If we did, we'd buy lottery tickets, not real right, estate, right? right so, that's right. Um, so I say, um, don't wait for a bubble. Do what choices are best for you and your family. Yeah, I don't think we're going to have a bubble burst. Um, if I had the stats that I could show you, I do a podcast where we have a, a months of inventory chart. And you can see that months of inventory have been falling so consistently since about 2010. um, And you can see right on that chart, all those months of inventory compared to the number of sales, that was a bubble, Mm -hmm. right? We had, I think, 30,000 homes listed and we were selling 5,000. Now we have maybe six or 7,000. We're still Mm -hmm. selling 5,000. That's not bubble territory. Exactly. Even if we get to 10,000 homes listed and double how many are for sale, that's still not a bubble. Mm -hmm. So I agree 100% with Cassandra. We are not in bubble territory. No reason to panic. Mm -hmm. No reason to wait and say, hey, I want to wait for prices to come Mm -hmm. down to buy a property because I don't see any signs that are pointing to a price decline. Do you? No. Again, selling appreciation is not declining, declining, um, you know, uh, value of your home. So yeah, I agree. I think you're exactly right. Homes aren't going up as fast, but they're still going up. Yep. So, Cassandra, if any of our listeners want to get in touch with you to talk more about the real estate market, learn more about the stats and the information that you track, what's the best phone number we could reach you at? Yeah, I'd be happy to. You can reach me at seven two zero four six three. Three nine four nine. So we've got a little bit of market background here. We've talked a little bit about, I agree, we're not in a bubble. We know that we still have really good months of inventory, really good days on market for sellers. How do you have this conversation with your client? And let's start by talking with about if you're working with a seller. So if our listeners out there are thinking about selling their home, what are the important points that you want to hit with them of, hey, it's still a good time to sell your home? What do you think? Definitely. <clears throat> uh, selling it's, it's just about setting expectation and working with your agent about, you know, ask your agent what, what have they been seeing in the current market? Mm-hmm. And I really emphasize current. Um, a lot of us, the media, Denver especially, is just used to things flying off the shelves and they're not anymore. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, it's not a bad thing. It means we've returned to normal. Yeah. So it's setting expectations, um, putting some timelines out there, um, constantly getting feedback from your agent. Um, <clears throat> You know, the majority of people, if they're selling now, have a significant amount of equity, That's you right. know, making good decisions about where to put that equity, what you're going to buy next. And um, and if it's slightly um, a better buyer's market, then you've got, you know, your next opportunity, you're a little, a little stronger. And so, yeah, let's talk about that. You have that conversation with your sellers of, hey, I bought this property five years ago for, mm-hmm. I don't know, 300000 mm-hmm. Now it's worth $500,000. i have got $200,000 of built up equity. Mm-hmm. 
what are some options that they could use to do with that money? What could they do with all that equity once they sell the property? That's a great question. And um, in a sense, they're really in a sweet spot in that it's a seller's market. So they're going to get the most for their home. And it's um, and for buyers, they can go ahead and and usually trade ups are a little easier. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, obviously, it's your primary residence. You have to ask yourself what's best for your family. Mm -hmm. Um, But all that equity is a great opportunity to get yourself into a first investment property, maybe even two. Who knows? Yeah. Um, And I think so many people are scared of rentals and all these kinds of things. there's so much education about there out there about how to do it right, mm-hmm. and especially in this market, take advantage of those appreciating you know values and have your tenants pay your mortgages for you. Yeah, I think that's such a great point. I've seen some clients sell their property. Maybe we're going to get two hundred thousand dollars worth of equity, and we're just going to put it all into the next home in order to have a low payment. That's great, but maybe we could pay off some debts with $50,000 of that equity and put $150,000 down. Or like you mentioned, maybe we'll pay off some debt with 50,000. Maybe we'll buy a new investment property with 75,000. And then Mm -hmm. maybe we'll use 75,000 for the down payment on our next property. Right. And your mortgage payment could be the same. And now you have an investment property and you've got lower credit. I mean, who, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of different (laughs) options. Um, Is that something we could talk through with you? If I'm thinking about selling my home, could I reach out to you and learn about that? And you would kind of walk me through those options. That's something that you provide, right? Definitely. I would be more than happy to. Um, if and when it comes to lending questions, I will certainly defer to Castle and Cook Mortgage, but I'd be more than happy to walk through several options. Absolutely. As a reminder, you're listening to the Mile High Mortgage and Real Estate Report on AM 1690. KDMT brought to you by Castle and Cook Mortgage. For any mortgage or real estate finance questions, please call us at 303-809-7769. Here in the studio today, we have Cassandra France with Your Castle Realty. Any questions about buying a home, selling a home, maybe talking about that equity you have in your property, you can reach her at 720-463-3949. So we spoke a little bit about sellers. Now tell me about buyers. Um, I think we agree with our stats, still a very strong seller's market. Mm -hmm. Is it too late for me to buy? Should I just wait? Never too late. And when you say wait, I don't even know what the waiting is for. Yeah. Um, I think my message really is um, get get in the game. Get mm-hmm. in the game. Um, if you've been on the sidelines for a long time, just get in the game. I think if if you're just have your hands up and don't want to have anything to do with owning a home, fine. Um, but don't blame it on mortgage rates or the market or bubbles and things like that. Um, you know, rental rates go up just as much. And um, I think now is always the time. You know, there's that adage, you know, when is the best time to plant a tree 20 mm-hmm. years ago? Yeah. Second, second best time is today. Yeah. It means get in the market, um, especially for us millennials. The, the thing that's on our side is time, mm-hmm. compound interest. Let literally time will pass you by. You might as well be buying, you know, building equity in your home. And uh, so I would say get in the game. Yeah, I think that's such a great point. The equity of that property is going to go up whether you own it or whether someone else owns it, right? right. It might as well be you. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. Now, one of the points that I hear a lot, um, you know, homes are too expensive right now. This is the most expensive homes have ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you see the stacks. I think I read it in one of your books um, that 42 of the last 46 years Denver has been the most expensive it's ever been. There's been four <laughs> four years out of 46 that it was not the, at the peak of the market. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's at the peak of the market right now, do you still think it's a good time to buy? Always a good time to buy. Yeah. Time time is on your side. It's appreciating. Imagine if you had bought that house 46 years ago, you would have right. gained 42 years in appreciation. That's and right. again, we're not predicting, we can't predict the future, but overall, 40 years, 6% a year is going to be some pretty significant equity. Yep, I definitely agree. Now, do you work with first-time buyers as well as investors or just one or the other? 
Certainly. Um, I really enjoy working with first-time buyers. I know it can be a scary time, and I was one not too long ago, so definitely enjoy working with them. Mm-hmm. Um, really enjoy working with investors, and actually, first-time investors. That can be a scary thing, too, and just kind of educating them on what, what it is that you look for. Um, mm-hmm. And there's so many different ways to evaluate properties, so what factors are important to them. And uh, so it's really fun to work with all kinds of clients. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about first-time buyers. If I'm a Mm first-time buyer, never bought a property before, um, walk me through kind of what are the initial steps that you would recommend they look at? What are the initial things they should do to start getting prepared? Great question. Um, So I think the first step really is uh, your financial situation. And it's just taking a a very objective stock of where you're at, um, what you can afford, um, speaking with a qualified lender such as Castle & Cook. even if you get a realtor, the first thing they're going to say is, how much can you afford? Yeah. And they're not going to ask you your opinion. They're going to want to ask what lender you've been pre-approved with um, and things like that, because they want to make sure that they're showing you the best properties as well. That's right. So the first steps are definitely your lender, who are going to educate you on what you need for your loan, what kind of documents you need to get, um, what kind of payments. You know, you have to figure things in that, that renters may not figure before, like HOA payments, um, interest, um, I mean, sorry, uh, taxes, insurance, and things like that, mm-hmm. and, and really putting that into a lump. And, and the majority of the time, I mean, this is a blanket statement, but it may be, um, you know, the same or even less than what you're paying rent. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's really good to just look at those numbers, spell them all out. What's important to you? You know, is it location? Um, is it, um, you know, the quality of, of the place? Um, School schools? district. Right. Right. Yeah. There's a so. lot that goes into it. Um, what do you think about, you know, buying my first property, even if it's not perfect, but mm-hmm. it's what I can afford right now? Is that a good strategy or should I wait until the perfect home comes along? I couldn't agree more, Joe. I think you should definitely, like I said, get in the game. Yeah. Um, There's not going to be a perfect house. And if there is, you know, there may be, but the majority of perfect houses cost a pretty penny. And if you have that pretty penny on your first house, awesome. I'm sure your agent will love to find it for you. Um, The majority of the time, you know, if location's important, do that. Um, But yeah, you know, one year, get your tax return and, and put in your counters in your kitchen, you know, the next year get your tax return into a bathroom. And then before you know it, it'll be the house you want. And if not, then you've gained enough equity to go ahead and buy the next one. Yeah. I think that's such a critical statement. We always use the phrase starter home Mm -hmm. and it's really true. That's the home that you start with. It allows you to start building some equity because again, the value of that home is going up, whether you own it or whether someone else does, it might as well be you two, three, five, ten years down the road. Hey, maybe you've had one or two children. Maybe you're ready to expand. You need a bigger property. Maybe now you need RV parking, Mm -hmm. whatever. Now that equity is built up in that property. I can sell it, pay off any debts that I might have accumulated, and then use that equity as the down payment on the next house. I think that trade-up scenario is often overlooked when people Mm -hmm. are buying that first property. They really think, Hey, I want the best property right now and mm-hmm. I've got to save up 20% and I've got to, you know, wait another year, two years, three years. But I, I love your phrase, get in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of people miss out by waiting too long to buy a property and then all of a sudden it's out of their price range. Have you yeah, ever seen altogether. that happen? Yeah, out of their price range altogether. I mean, you've got <clears throat> the appreciation of the house itself is, you know, um, 6% every year farther out of your price range in a sense. That's right. Um, you know, if mortgage rates, you know, a four to five percent again historically is not a huge difference, but it will alter your buying power a little bit. So you definitely want to, um, you know, take that all, in, all into consideration. Yeah, yeah. Over time, you're going to start to see prices continue to drift up. My speculation is you'll start to see interest rates continue to drift up. Sure. Combine all that together. Guess what? You're going to see monthly payments continue to drift Naturally. up. Naturally. Right. So if you're waiting for something to change, um, really look in the mirror long and hard and think mm-hmm. about what am I waiting for? What do I want to have changed? Because these properties are going to continue going up mm-hmm. whether I own it or whether someone else owns it. Yeah. 
Now, let's talk about a first-time investor. So, first-time buyer, I think they should definitely get their finances in order. Mm-hmm. First-time investor, I think they should get their finances in order. But let's mm-hmm. assume they've already done that. Sure. What are some of the next steps that you walk through with a first-time investor? What would be some of their goals or strategy that you discuss? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I think um, there's lots of different ways to inv- uh, evaluate investment properties. And I think that's important to know. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people will just say the one way that they do it is the only way. And mm-hmm. there's lots of other, you know, um, there's different things like cap rate, cash flow, equity building, all of those things um, may be different for each particular client. So you want to ask them what's important to them, yeah. what their goals are in investing in real estate, what other types of investments they might have. Mm-hmm. And um, and then kind of show them what the market's doing. Say, hey, you know, if, if, if this is important to you and we had these criteria, here's what's on the market. Is it, Does this look right? Is this what you were thinking about? Mm-hmm. And, um, and the great part with investments, um, or at least I would hope, and sometimes you have to coach them through this as well, is to be not so emotional, right? It right. doesn't have, you're not living there. Yep. Um, and you know someone will, and you want to always make sure it's you know safe and clean and a good place for people to live. Um, but uh, you don't have to live there, so keep that in mind. That's right. Yeah. Maybe you don't like the blue shag carpeting, and you really like to have green shag carpeting in your house. <laughs> but if the rental house has blue shag carpeting, it'll be okay. Exactly. Right. Yep. Now I think that's so critical. You do really need to remove that emotional piece, especially mm-hmm. if you're a first-time investor. You've got mm-hmm. to remember that this is a business decision. Yep. We've got someone that wants to live in the home. There's tons of renters out there. There's we spoke about it, right? Yeah. Rental prices are going up. There's tons of people that want to live in the property. I've got to understand. Hey, you know what? Maybe I really like the granite countertops. This mm-hmm has, you know, uh, laminate countertops, that's going to be okay for a rental. Definitely. You know, do you see that sometimes investors, it's hard to change that mindset of buying for myself versus buying for an investment? It is. And I'll, I'll be honest, I was actually one of those people as well. Really? Um, even with fix and flips, I'm always tempted to over rehab or whatnot. But you mm-hmm. have to look at what the market's doing. Um, just like you said, it's a business decision. Um, what am, how am I going to get the highest rent for the lowest dollar? Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you will do, you know, paint and carpet and that can actually get you a significant return. Um, so you want to talk. There's a lot more um, team members involved in mm-hmm. an investment property. Um, so you want to kind of make sure you've got those on your side as well. Yeah. Now, is that something that you have? You have access to a great team. I know you have a great lender. Um, you're, <laughs> this is true. You're, you're a great agent. Do you have, uh, I know you have access to the resources, the income trends, the property trends. What mm-hmm. about appraisers, uh, pardon me, inspectors, mm-hmm. contractors, roofers? Is that something you keep a good database of? Definitely. And you know what? The interesting part is it's never a one and done. There's yeah. pe- constantly new people coming in the market, people leaving. Um, and, and sometimes good people will maybe get overwhelmed after a while. You always have to be um, networking, um, asking people for referrals mm-hmm. and uh, ex- um, direct experience. Um, but yeah, you need a, a property manager. Um, inspectors are great. An inspector, that's funny you say that too. Um, those can be very daunting, right? Yeah. For a first-time home buyer, or first-time investor, that's just a 70-page report. Um, and again, just kind of going back to you know what's, what's important. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. You've got to have that great team on your side. Um, and it all starts with the real estate agent, the lender, but then mm-hmm. there's maybe a dozen other people depending yep. on the strengths of the, the, the type of the transaction, right? Yeah. And with investments, the, really the goal is to have that team so that you, you're, it's very hands-off. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. Now, Cassandra, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, maybe talk about buying their first investment property or their first property for the primary residence, what's the best phone number we could reach you at? Certainly. 720-463-3949. Again, you're listening to the Mile High Mortgage and Real Estate Report on AM 1690 KDMT, brought to you by Castle & Cook Mortgage. For any mortgage or real estate finance questions, please call us anytime at 303-809-7769. Well, guys, let's jump in and talk a little bit about our open houses this weekend. First one we have is coming from Alex Saldana with Your Castle Real Estate. You can reach Alex at 303-552-4804. First property is 5639 East Minnesota Drive in Denver. This is a beautiful four-bed, two-bath home, 
1,900 square feet in one of the best locations in Virginia Village. Backs up to the Cherry Creek Trail and makes your backyard feel like it goes on forever. This is updated throughout. Listing price is $450,000. It's actually open today. Started about 20 minutes ago at 11 o'clock and goes until 2 o'clock. And there is a drawing for a $50 gift card to Esther's. So make sure you stop by there, 5639 East Minnesota Drive in Denver. Next one, 16071 East Loyola Place in Aurora. This is a gorgeous home, four bed, four bath, 3,800 square feet, updated throughout. Best part of the home is it has a mother-in-law suite with a separate mm-hmm. entrance in the basement. That's a nice feature. Would you agree? See definitely. A lot of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely something you could move in another family member. Maybe you could rent it. You could Airbnb it. Mm-hmm. Um, all this for only $480,000 listing price. Um, again, this one is open same time today. Started at uh, 11 o'clock, about 20 minutes ago, until 2 o'clock today. And it's being held open by one of Alex's associates. And they're going to have a $50 gift card raffle for a $50 Home Depot uh, gift card. And then our listing of the week, 6435 South Dayton Street, unit number 303 in Englewood. This is a great condo located right in the heart of the Denver Tech Center. Two bed, one bath, 900 square feet, listed for $240,000 with a recent price reduction. This is listed by Alex Kishnevsky from Key Real Estate. You can reach Alex at 720-218-9364 to get more information or to schedule a showing on the property. And then our event of the weekend, the Denver Chalk Art Festival. This is one of my favorite types of events because it is free. Going on down there at Larimer Square today started at 10 o'clock this morning until 10 o'clock this evening. Definitely get out there and check it out. Chalk Art Festival, super fun. Um, Lots of great stuff to see, and the artwork is just gorgeous. So as we're wrapping up here, Cassandra, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Really happy to have you here today. Um, If anybody wants to get in touch with you, best phone number we could reach you at. It's been a pleasure, Joe. Again, you can reach me at 720-463-3949. Fantastic. Folks out there, if you have any questions about buying a home or refinancing your current mortgage, please feel free to call us anytime here at Castle & Cook Mortgage. You can reach us at 303-809-7769. Thank you for tuning in to the Mile High Mortgage and Real Estate Report on AM1690. My name is Joe Massey. Look forward to seeing you out there at the Denver Chalk Art Festival. Make sure you stop by those open houses. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next Saturday at 11 a.m.